Hello there, welcome to What Do Buildings Do All Day? My name is Emmett Scanlon. This is a podcast about the matter of people in buildings and buildings that matter. So we are already five episodes into this podcast and I hope you've listened and enjoyed them all. This week we take a short break from the long-form podcast and introduce a bonus strand of the podcast called Building Me, Building You. In Building Me, Building You, people are invited to submit texts for consideration, and these texts are about their lived experiences of or encounters with buildings in all their forms. These texts will be read by the authors of the text, or as in the case today, will be read by an actor on their behalf. There will be more about the Building Me, Building You strand of the podcast at the end of this reading, but let's get started with this reading called Building Palestine by Connor Sreenan, read for us today by actor Stee Murray. I hope you enjoy. Palestine is in the air, warm at first and then chilling at night, chirping and barking from towns and cities. It is an energy swirling ceaselessly over hills. Boxy buildings are stacked all round, pixelating tiered contours. Some just started, some are finished, and some in between, with upstretched columns patiently waiting for another floor all of them with flat roofs, crammed with water tanks and solar panels. The Palestinian Museum is a new neighbour in this landscape. It is familiarly stony and pale, but conspicuously low and cranked, a warped monolith emerging from a skirt of sloped gardens. It is mostly single storey and stretches itself out narrow on the hilltop, lying long from south to north, watching over the village of Abu Shukai Dam below it to the west, and then on beyond hilltops to the Mediterranean Sea. The site is being scraped and straightened along existing levels, staked to new coordinates. For months now, masons have been gathering stones from site, chipping, then stacking them one on top of the other, zigzagging their way eastwards and upwards from the bottom of the hill, tracing new land lines with low retaining walls. Between the walls, heaps of clayey soil are dumped, then spread and raked, slowly lofting ancient land into triangular gardens, new but recognisable. The workers outside wear soft hats and take their breaks spread out on their rock outcrops. Blue and black plastic bags, bundles of round bread, tins of meat, olives, white salty cheese and coke bottles by the neck. Already, they have planted groves of almond, apricot, pomegranate, mulberry and cypress trees. From Calquilia, in groups of two and three, they're dragging heavy olive trees into fresh pits. These will be followed by walnut, carob, fig, judas, terebint, sour orange and lemon, ending with a blurry edge of pine and oak. Below them, a thick carpet of wheat, chickpea, mint, za'atar and sage are already blooming. Yet to come are swathes of saltbush, hawthorn, rock rose, chamomile, caper, thorny broom, quince, jasmine, lavender, bay, myrtle, marjoram, geranium, wild pear, butcher's broom, rosemary and grape. Herbaceous perennials of giant globe, garlic, lily of the Nile, bearded iris, sea squill and mallow will be bedded down before the end of the year. Rounded pebble is being sponged smooth over ramps, paths and steps in a slow slicing network. 
along the roadway, massive concrete pipes and steel tubes are slung into deep trenches overlooked by bunches of men. Coaxed together, they will bring electricity, gas and water and drain unused rain back downhill to the wadis. At the top of the hill, the last of the concrete is already poured and hardened. Slabs laid first and then hulking frames cast across the short direction, up, over and down the far side. They hold up two huge triangular openings to look back down over the site to the west. Nineteen frozen frames. They are stitched together with a thin concrete underbelly, leaving ribs exposed above to carry a shell of stone. Massive stones, hewn from Bethlehem, are heaved into unfamiliar places by cautious Nabudsi heads and hands, slab by slab, wrapping the building whole. Still, large pieces of the building lie in waiting to be called up, craned into place and then bolted or bedded down. Next, it will be the glass, dancing its way in and out from the building from one end to the other and facing west, triangularly. Finally, an array of slender black steel shades will slot into place to blinker low, hot evening suns. Twine guides are stretched taut from the building edge, barely visible. More cut stone is dropped into place between them onto wet beds by men kneeling on cushions, grey and marbled, staggering its way across the terrace. In the outbuildings, Massed welders are joining thick steel pipes and bolting pumps and compressors to concrete plinths. Inside, lengths of thick black cables lie on the floor slabs in strands and clumps, coursing around the building. In rooms here and there, fine-coloured strands are now being drawn out of them and are tagged, connecting panels with switches and sockets with buttons. Soon they will be buried under a thick screed. Once hardened, It'll be lined itself in stone or tile or carpet. Endless currents, flows and signals will race back and forth underfoot once the building is finished. Overhead, plasterers scrape grainy slurry onto the concrete shell. Below them, others silently glide thin layers of chalky gypsum on inner walls. In the toilets, a man is tamping terrazzo tiles in place, putting them tightly one to the other. Shiny taps and sinks and toilets are on the way. Off-site in workshops on the outskirts of Hebron and Nablus, the finer details are being fine-tuned. Metal sheets are folded flush and powder-coated. Thick stainless steel plates are cut and clamped. They will be brought to site later, unwrapped and gently torqued into place. Constant talk and argument infused with cardamom, sage, mint, ginger or chamomile, and sustained with patience and humour. Then the sun sets, slowly lowering itself into the sea again. A last act, headlong and centre stage in front of the museum, watched over from the roof and the galleries and the gardens. A stove is assembled with an empty barrel and some spent steel. It is fueled with some scrap timber formwork. Clear plastic cups are unstacked, spoons wiped and hands washed. Steaming turmeric rice is circled out onto one huge, bread-lined, battered steel plate. The mansaf bubbles. It is almost done, and soon it will be tipped out. Cups of its sour, milky juice will be poured over the heap, soaking deep into the rice below. Then it will be eaten, together. Afterward, in the dark, there will be cups of Turkish coffee, 
and cigarettes and chatter. Enough is a feast. The construction, an exchange of foreign notions and Palestinian values, of long-term hope and mutual risks. What a beautiful and evocative text which brings together some aspects of the conviviality and collective endeavour of construction mixed with cooking and the colour and smells of the plant life and fauna around this new building in Palestine. A citation says that the mission of the Palestinian Museum is to be the leading, most credible and robust platform for shaping and communicating knowledge about Palestinian history, society and culture. Connor Srinen is the director of the Grange Gorman Development Agency in Dublin with specific responsibility for strategy and design. From 2004 to 2017, he worked with Hennigan Peng Architects. The Palestinian Museum was designed by Hennigan Peng Architects and was built by the Tobalia Target United and Consolidated Contractors Company. So, as I mentioned at the start of the podcast, Building Me, Building You is a new strand of the podcast and we invite you to get involved. Stories are sought of encounters with and lives lived through buildings. These will be recorded and shared as part of the podcast. We seek original unpublished texts on any subject as long as a building, buildings or the built environment are central to that text. The aim of all of this is to encourage new writing about buildings and architecture, and writers do not have to be trained in architecture to submit texts. Texts may range from personal memoir, lived experience or recollection, be historical in theme, recall a visit, be critical assessments, travel stories, poems, political or activist in nature, and so on. New ways of describing buildings and their architectures, and the specific cultural and social role of buildings, positive or negative, in our everyday lives, are really encouraged. Ideally, the text should be unpublished. This means not already published in any format, including online. Text should be a maximum of 1,000 to 1,500 words, which, when recorded, run to approximately 10 to 15 minutes of time. Shorter texts will also be considered. Authors may propose to perform texts themselves, or texts can be read on their behalf by actors. And the text will later be published in written form on a new website, www.occupationalhazards.ie. So this is an ongoing submission program with no deadline and the bonus form of the podcast will appear when the texts arrive. Submissions should be emailed as a Word or Apple Pages document to whatdobuildingsdoallday at gmail.com. Thanks for continuing to listen to the podcast. Thanks today to Connor Srinan for his text and for Steve Murray for his elegant and committed reading. Music is by Rachel Lavelle. Talk to you next time on What Do Buildings Do All Day? Meanwhile, stay safe.